This is Anacostia Unmapped. I'm Katie Davis. You know how in most D.C. neighborhoods, there's a person you have to go see to get anything done. And to get in to see them, you need an introduction. Well, in Anacostia, that person is Teresa Howe Jones. She troubleshoots late bills and tenant problems. And she has a 2,000-person phone call list. That's right, phone call list. And she knows how to use it. Anacostia Unmapped contributor Kimone Freeman has been spending time with Teresa Howe Jones, and he's on a mission. Here he is on his show for We Act Radio. I'm joined in the studio first with my mother's sister, Miss TJ Teresa Howe Jones, uh, longtime activist, longtime resident, uh, 83 years young, still kicking strong, and she ain't giving up. You want to say hello to everybody? My name is Teresa Howe Jones. I'm homegrown. Here east of the river, I've lived in the same house I live in now, 45 years. I raised my family here, and uh, I plan to stay here until they put me somewhere. Kimon Freeman has an idea, and he knows he needs help to make it happen. He wants to create a displacement-free zone, a way to make sure residents can still live in Anacostia as development continues. Here's Kimon with Teresa Howe-Jones. We have aggressive gentrification. Aggressive gentrification. Aggressive gentrification. Mm -hmm. I get cards every day or every other day. I'm certain to get them every week. I want to sell your house at 4021st Place. If I sold this house, which I'm not going to do, I could not buy another house anywhere in the District of Columbia at the same caliber of this house. It's all bricks, four bedrooms, two baths, all that business. Now, I don't know how we put brakes on this stuff. And to give you an example, St. Elizabeth's is a done deal, but it's not a deal to help us stay here. It's a deal to bring white people into the area because they want it back. No doubt about it. I don't care how you look at it. It's blatantly clear. I don't know how we stop the gentrification. I don't know. Change is all right as long as change is beneficial to everybody. Mm -hmm. And the change that's happening out here is not. Mm -hmm. Uh, Gil Scott here on the the port. I don't know if you're familiar with him. Oh, yes. You're good. (laughs) And he says that um, change is inevitable. But rather than um, simply continue to go through the change, that we should direct the change. He was right. And And he is right. And I appreciate you speaking with me today because we're making an effort to direct the change. And we're doing that by um, telling the stories that don't get told and Mm -hmm. um, raising our voices and figuring out what it is we do want to see. So if you were in charge, if it was up to you, um, do you have a clear picture of what you would want to see happen? I want them to stop the the craziness of tearing down public housing. Mm -hmm. The Bible says that the Lord said it. The poor will always be with us. Abraham Lincoln defined it more clearly when he said, the Lord must have loved us because he made so many of us. <laughs> the Lord must have loved us because he made so, so many, many of us. us. Okay. I'm using his colloquial kind of stuff, but it's true. But we come to the place now, and if I was in charge, I would stop it right here and turn around and tell HUD where they could go. Tearing down Barry Farms is wrong. Mm-hmm. Tearing down any public housing is wrong. And I know I have lived long enough. Where are you going to put these people? Virginia doesn't want them. 
Merle done wrong. Where are you going to put him? The second thing that I, and I'm not a lawyer now. I'm just little old simple-minded community activist. Go right ahead. The, the thing that, that, that bothers me is I don't know where the legal people are in here. They show up to say, we're going to help you all. But it seems to me that there are two things in the District of Columbia that I was taught when I was on the Writ Commission way back they would walk to Washington. If you don't have a court order with the marshal, you just walk in somebody's house and take them out of there, and that's what they do. And that's what they do in the Barry Farms. Why hadn't somebody read their head and said, wait a minute, you don't have any eviction notices. Public housing just can't move you because you want to. Why have we not gone to court and say they are illegally evicting us? Anacostia community leader Teresa Howe Jones speaking with producer Kimone Freeman of Anacostia Unmapped. And because you liked last week's poem, My Man D.C., we include this poem from Anacostia poet Fred Joyner. The 94 hums up the rough side of Stanton. Washington views open windows blare drums in the pocket the breakdown of the perfect groove. The 90 salsas across town into the forgotten bottom of D.C. A car alarm echoes its protest on MLK. Two porch griots wail their pain and pity. On the corner, two preachers can be heard through sanctuary walls, one reading scripture, the other raptured in a moan. The smell of last night's first drink poured out in a crooning ballad for the missed and the missing. A song for a father, a song for a mother unchilded, a song for a child playing ahead of the beat, a nursery rhyme for every teddy bear rooted at a street sign. This is the sound of blues breaking the broken back together, the sound of chaos organizing. The sound of breath forming words in the vinyl's backspin. These are the sounds gathered in blood, shed for the remission of silence and sadness. Fred Joyner, Song for Anacostia. If you have an Anacostia poem, send it along to wamu.org slash unmapped. Anacostia Unmapped is a project of Localore, Finding America, a national production from AIR. That's the Association of Independence in Radio. And we have funding from the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. I'm Katie Davis, the lead producer.